in order to make localization work, in order to be anticipatory in the way that we um, act on, on information about crises, that's practical action. And practical action is really boring. Now, we may disagree on this a little bit. Calling the next Grand Bargain the Great Leap Sideways. This is the podcast from hell. Grand Bargain. Decolonizing aid. Humanity. Humanitarian action takes place at the edge of chaos. And to find the right answers, we need smart, honest conversations. That's what this podcast is about. Welcome to Humanitarian. I'm your host, Lars Peter Nissen. This week we continue the conversation about system change in the humanitarian sector. Our guest is Christina Bennett, who is the CEO of the START Network, one of the most exciting innovations in the humanitarian sector over the past decade. START was established a little more than 10 years ago and has since then been a driving force in engineering practical solutions for system change. What I really like about this conversation is that Christina is so practical about what that actually means and how the little nitty-gritty details, as she describes it, are incredibly important if we want to move beyond big words and actually see real change. I really enjoyed having Christina in the studio and I'm so excited to see the progress uh, they're making in the Start Network. I'm sure you will be as well. Enjoy the conversation and don't forget to make some noise on social media, recommend us to friends and colleagues, all of that stuff. Here is Christina Bennett. Christina Bennett, welcome to True Humanitarian. Thanks, Lars Peter. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. You're the CEO of the Start Network. And let's begin with that. What is Start? Sure, sure. Yeah. And Start Network, it, you know, it's been around since um, 2010. Um, it started out as a group of of um, British organizations who wanted to see change in the way that civil society was funded and operated um, back then. Um, and so has been going, has been evolving for 10 years, um, but really in, in many ways is a, is a startup and I'll explain why. So, you know, our, our flagship product is um, the Start Fund. So sorry, let me start that again. Start Network is a membership organization um, that started in 2010. It was started by a group of British uh, NGOs that wanted to see changes in the way that civil society was sort of treated and the way it was up, it was funded and, and it operated in the humanitarian system. And and over the past 10 years has really evolved into something um, much more. Um, our flagship product, if you will, is this global start fund that has been operating since 2014. Um, and that's a, a fund that is managed for our members by our members. Um, decisions, you know, funding comes in and decisions about how funding is spent in country are made by members, so not by any any kind of central authority. Um, but, you know, the way that the, the organization has evolved um, has been an interesting one. It started as a, as a a project within Save the Children UK. Um, they were one of the founding members of Start Network, um, but in 2019 spun off as an independent organization with its own kind of governing board, its own its own donors, its own source of funding, um, and its own kind of operations. And so, in many ways, even though we've been around for um, you know 12 years at this point, um, we are, we've been an independent organization for just three, and so are very much a startup in many many ways. Um, 
you know, our ambition from the beginning has always been to tackle the the systemic kind of endemic problems of the sector um, that the founding NGOs and now certainly um, all of the members see are a problem with the way that we operate. And that's around um, the, the centralized power and control with which the, the sector operates, um, the reactive funding, um, the, re, the reactive uh, approach to, um, to, to crisis response um, and the, the short-term cycles of funding that go along with that. And then this kind of um, culture of, um, I don't know, of, of being stuck, like an inability to change, almost an allergy to change, of always having to do things the same way all the time and not really modernizing or keeping up with the way that the world is changing around us. So it's sort of those three problems that Start Network was uh, founded on to, to change. Um, and that still very much sits at the center of, um, of our, our kind of systems change ambitions and, and our ethos. That's a really nice way of framing the challenge we have uh, as a sector to change the way we operate. Now, you talk a lot about system change, you talk about shifting the power in the system, but you still operate with fairly traditional money in your fund. Money comes from FCDO, it comes from other governments. Is it really possible for you to shift power when you're still working with quote-unquote old money? Yeah, and certainly money dev- definitely drives um, where power goes uh, in, in in any kind of relationship. But I, I think the answer to your question is yes, you can shift power. Um, but there are real barriers to that. I suppose what you know what I see in in our sector is um, the, the 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 main blockages to shifting that power are around you know first and foremost our business models, and that does get to some of the money. We're funded by a very small number of um, large institutional donors, mainly governments, um, funding a very a, a number of different types of organizations, some large, some small, but many of us who are all fighting over the same kind of small pot of funding. And I think having that business model that relies on a limited amount of grant funding and that really fosters a sense of um, destructive competition among us um, is just not, uh, it, that's not a recipe for power sharing. That's not, that's a, that's a, I suppose, a setup that pits us against each other, that tells us that power is a finite resource, that if, you know, one of us were to give up power or money, um, that, that, that we lose and the people that we give it to win. Whereas, you know, I think in order to be able to shift power effectively and to, to generate resources uh, and to put resources where they're best, uh, where they're best used, we have to think of power as something that we can generate, that there is there is a power in giving away power. And when you give away power, you create new forms of power and therefore can create new sources of finance and, and new ways of putting your resources in, in the best place. So it's that, that idea that giving away power um, should be a source of power in and of itself. So I really like the idea, but, but how do you know that that's not just a story you're telling yourself? How do you know that, it, that power actually is shifting? Where do you see that? What, what, as, as the CEO, what, what are you looking at to make sure that, that this is actually happening? Well, I guess maybe I would say that there are um, examples in history and in other sectors where the process of giving away power has kind of created new power or maybe been the tide that lifts all boats. So if you think about examples from... Um, I don't know uh, the 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 private sector from banking. Um, you know the whole uh, 
concept behind Visa, the Visa card started out with one bank issuing a, a, a credit card, um, you know, sort of a mid-sized bank in the middle of the United States. But the founder of, of that kind of the, the kind of Visa card process understood that by giving the ability for different banks, a network of banks to give credit away um, and operate as a network of creditors rather than just sort of a, a single bank, you know, they turned a, a very small kind of credit card um, into an industry that now represents like $11 trillion um, just by giving that credit card to different banks across the United States and eventually across the world. Um, you know, you've got Wikipedia, you've got, um, uh, you know, that, that gives away information um, and creates power, the, the power of knowledge and the power of information by giving, by letting other people, by not hoarding it. So there are plenty of examples in the private sector or in other sectors where the process of, of letting go of power has actually generated um, has, has generated more um, in terms of public good. I guess where I see this, these power shifts and where I see locally led action coming together best is, is within our hubs. Um, and our hubs are kind of groupings of civil society organizations that operate at country or regional level um, to improve humanitarian action um, through different forms of, of governance and organizing themselves um, through different ways of channeling funding and through um, coming together to develop innovative sort of solutions to, to humanitarian problems. I think, you know, tangibly where we've seen some real, um, some really good work happening is in um, our emerging hubs in um, Bangladesh, for example, which operates a national fund where, you know, 26 local organizations are able to access funding for uh, community responses to, to floods, uh, to COVID-19, um, you know, by offering, you know, everything from, from cash assistance to, to boats, to um, the ability to deliver food packages to people who have been inundated by floods. Um, they do so um, in partnership with between international and local organizations, sharing 50% of their uh, indirect cost recovery. So sharing 50% of that unrestricted funding that they get for, um, for their own overheads. Um, but also, you know, based on community assessments of what they want and need. And, you know, in doing so, and in, in, in operating directly with local organizations and directly in response to communities uh, wants, you know, the Start from Bangladesh has reduced management costs um, and reduced the time to that funds get on the ground. So um, what we're seeing is real tangible, tangible progress on how, uh, you know, a, a, a local response to crisis can actually improve crisis. So it sounds great that you, you in a sense, you're shifting power by changing the way money is, is allocated. You're able to do so quicker than to some of the more traditional uh, funding mechanisms. My question is, what, what, what are you? Are you, are you a complement to the system? Are you the disruptor, which will replace the way we work with humanitarian aid? What's the, what's the role that, what's the value added of the Start Network? So for me, you know, Start Network, we're not a huge player. We represent a very small corner of the humanitarian system. But I think what our added value is is a, is, is as a systems change organization. And what I mean by that is, you know, we are sort of inside the system and outside the system, we play that kind of insider outsider role in that we do accept money from traditional humanitarian 
uh, funders. Um, we work with some of the, you know, international, large international organizations. Our members are some of the largest international organizations. So we're very much working um, to change things from the inside out. But, you know, by being a small uh, network um, and operating outside in many ways of the traditional system, we can also bring in new ideas and new ways of working um, and new partners um, to really demonstrate that there is a, a new way of doing things. So our whole vision of systems change is being able to demonstrate that there are new models, new mechanisms, new centers of gravity that operate across the world. And, and by trying them out um, and by demonstrating that there is a new way to do things, Start Network can help to uh, to demonstrate what, what a new system could look like and sort of reduce the uncertainty for some of those international players that really don't want to risk um, getting out of their comfort zone. So we can be that sort of more nimble, more experimental, more entrepreneurial player that, you know, that everybody knows and understands and trusts, but can demonstrate to others that there is a different way of doing things. And, and in that way, a lot of what we do, we offer up to our members as a public good. We try, you know, we try new um, new ways of financing. We bring new financing partners together. And then we demonstrate that that you can, you know, using different partnerships, different scientific models, different um, IC, forms of ICR sharing, you can do things differently. So I guess uh, what you're saying is that that stuckness that you described earlier in the interview as, as the third part of the problem, you're trying to break the stuckness by doing sort of proof of concept. Look, you can actually do this at a smaller scale, sort of generate ideas that can then be picked up by some of the bigger players. Is that is that the way? Yeah, that's it. We're 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 kind of um you know an uh, an ideas incubator where um we can be that 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 kind of that lab that the, our members use to to um, put forward new ideas and and be entrepreneurs in a safe space. Um, we offer them the the ability to join us in some of these experiments, and they do. Um, and then, you know, if we, we can decide what, 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 what the good and the bad of what comes out of them, and then they can take that practice back to their own organizations and internalize it there. Mm, sort of the humanitarian skunk works. Yeah, you can think of it that way. <laughs> like to think of it that way. Christina, you, you were just out of your annual assembly, and I can feel how excited you are about having gotten your members into the same room for the first time in a couple of years. What? What is it concretely that makes you so excited about what, what the Start Network is right now? Yeah, thanks, Lars Peter. I mean, our assembly was an exciting moment, I think, because for the first time in three years, we were able to sit face to face and really um, consolidate our thinking around what we've achieved over the past few years. And, and you know, to me, what you hear uh, in the news, what you hear at all of these conferences, whether it's the General Assembly or the... The, the launch of the State of the Humanitarian System Report or the, the launch of the Global Hunger Report, all you're hearing is how the international, the global international order is, is completely dysfunctional, that we as an aid community are struggling to keep up with demand, struggling um, to implement the key reforms that we know will make us more modern and more effective and more um, you know, just efficient at delivering what we need to for communities. And, and that we're in fact regressing on some of the the key, you know, our, our key ambitions, like, you know, re reducing global hunger, we're actually doing worse now than we were um, a few years ago. And and even though we have the the ability, the tools, the, the, the mechanisms, the knowledge to be able to break cycles of hunger, 
and we're and still we're unable to do it. But what what the assembly said to me and what I see across Start Network is that while so many people are wringing their hands around the ineptitude of you know of of international aid. Um, you know, Start Network members aren't standing still. They, they're coming together as international, national, and local organizations to solve problems in their contexts and turning this kind of narrative of industry malaise into practical and positive action. And it's in all sorts of ways. You know, we, as a, as a network, we're shifting power. We've just brought on 31 new members to start network and all local and national organizations. So now we have 85 members of start network, more than 50% of which are coming from the global South and are local representing local and national organizations. And so now what we have is a real power balance network, 50, 50 of organizations that are able to come together and make decisions about how money is spent, when it is spent, where it is spent um, and what, innovative practices we need to be engaged in to help people in their communities. You know, we're shifting resources. So at the moment, 38% of START Network resources are going to local organizations. And that includes the START fund and the national funds that we operate. That includes the pre-position financing we have to, you know, address emergencies like droughts and floods and heat waves before they happen. And across, you know, our members really designing their own innovative solutions at community level across the across the network. And and what I also saw at the assembly and what I also see in the network is that we are speaking increasingly with one voice. And that's really where you see this kind of network effect taking place, where we can see the problems that we're having as a sector. We understand what some of the solutions might be, and we can we can come together around those solutions, evidence those solutions with our practice, and then speak out about them across a number of different channels, locally and internationally, um, to advocate for the change that we know that we want to see. And it was that 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 common the, that the, those common voices um, around what we all believe in, around the solidarity solidarity that we feel as a network that I felt really happened at the assembly, that there was a lot of disagreement, but respectful disagreement around issues that we're all grappling with, like indirect cost recovery sharing, like the role of international organizations in a locally led system, like donor practices and how they compel us to be really compliance oriented when really what we wanna be is enabling of local organizations. And we argued about it and we you know, came up with, we designed sort of interesting solutions about the ways we could do this differently. Um, but we did so with kind of unequal footing and with mutual respect and trust that what we all want is similar improvements to the way that we work. One of the big advantages of being a hobby podcaster rather than a journalist or you know another grown-up profession is that I can be as subjective as I want to be. And I am hyper excited about Start Network. And the reason for that is that when I listen to you, when I go to meetings and when I watch the way you interact, I actually see a change. I, I, I see donors being closer to you and, and being very open. It's not, it's not this zero-sum game you often see where agencies and donors are blaming each other. It, it seems like a partnership. I, 
I, I see new thinking come out, and I, I see an organization that is that's young in its in its look and feel, right, and in in its way of approaching things. So there's a there's a freshness, there's a newness to things, and you you don't just sit and sling around uh, big words. You you also talk about nitty gritty finance issues. I really find that very exciting that you you that you walk and talk differently and that you're not just being abstract, but you actually talk about what do we do with this overhead cost? How do we share that? Why do you do this way? Why don't we have an equal partnership? You really manage to somehow drill down to where it begins to hurt, and I find that really exciting. Well, and I think that is where we, you know, that's what, what excites me too. I spent so many years at ODI talking about what's possible, what, what a system might look like in theory. And here I am in a, in a in a position to actually make it happen in practice. And I always think that, you know, the success of a of a change organization has to be, you know, one part idealism and, and ideas, but but two parts pragmatism and making it happen. And, you know, systems change or localization or anticipatory action, to me, they're not agendas. They're not they're not fancy words, they're not pledges, they're not commitments. In order to make localization work, in order to be anticipatory in the way that we um, act on, on information about crises, that's practical action. And practical action is really boring. It's not the sexy stuff, right? It is sitting down and hammering out an agreement with a partner around um, indirect cost recovery sharing, around a, a a coalition of partners operating in, in the same country uh, around a pot of money at their disposal and really understanding, like hammering out MOUs and legal agreements and having discussions, really difficult discussions around branding and around um, intellectual property and around um, you know how to run meetings. And it's that practice element that we try to work through at Start Network and it takes a long time and it's doesn't make for good panel discussions necessarily, um, but we get there in the end and we try it and 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 then we have to try again because a lot of times it falls apart and you have to go back to the drawing board and have those discussions again. And it is the, it is the business of systems change that is sometimes the most exciting, but oftentimes just the most laborious and you're kind of banging your head against the wall. And I think that is what we do best. Um, and you know when it works, the results are really, really exciting to see because what you can see at the end is a new model for aid, is a new uh, way of, of, of having relationships in country that we haven't tried before. But it, it, it's, it's about time. It takes a lot of time. My day is full of discussions about operationalizing change. And while I can go and sit on and panels and have and talk to people like you about the lofty ideas behind the Start Network vision and the and the and our sort of theory of change as to how we're going to get there, the practicalities, the realities of my day-to-day -day work and the day-to-day -day work of everybody working on this team is working through the small stuff. And it takes patience, it takes time, and it is hard. And I think one of the main reasons why systems change hasn't happened in our sector is because nobody has the time 
has the luxury of taking the time or maybe even wants to take the time to do it. And it is in those, in the operations, in the small details, in the, in the, you know, nitty gritty kind of getting your hands dirty part of systems change where the change actually happens. I think it was um, Lyndon B. Johnson that said, it takes a long time to be an overnight success. And while I think sometimes, you know, it's very exciting to, to, to hear about Start Network as a as something new and fresh and exciting, it's, you know, what, what sits behind that is a lot of, of, of hours spent working through the details of what that new model looks like. I think the transformation has to be the transformation, not of the words we say, but of who we are and how we act. And to do that, you need to go in and touch the issues you speak about. Yeah, and I think, but I mean, language is important. Commitments are important. And the language we use around some of the, what we're trying to do is important because talking about issues in a different way, even the word localization is all loaded. And I can already see a shift that people talk about locally led action and not localization anymore because it's a loaded term. And I think the, there is something about, is about speaking and committing and holding yourself to account for some of those commitments. But the way that you do it, the way that you you ground the new language, that you ground the new concepts, and that you ground your commitments in uh, you know in in action is really the the part that gets you that gets you over the line. It's not you know it, it's language is important, but language has to be buffered buffered by practical action. Otherwise, it just stays at the conceptual level. And that's, I think, what the most interesting, the most difficult, but the most interesting part of what we do is all about. It's not an exaggeration to say that we live in a time of great upheaval. Just the combination of the pandemic, the war in Ukraine, the impact that has had globally, and then on top of that, climate change. And let's not forget that we are headed into a serious economic recession. The world is not a very quiet place these days. How, how, do, you, how do you position the start network in a situation like this. Yeah, no, I think the the, the world looks like um <laughs> looks like a real devastated place at the moment and um you know everywhere you look you just hear about how everything is not working that there's you know climate crises that are uh, that are um overburdening organizations that the the good of global international order isn't working anymore, um, whether it's at the Security Council or it's, um, you know, in the G7 or it's in all of the organizations that we work in, that, you know, our own sector is struggling to implement the key reforms that we've all promised um, over the years. And so it does look like a real, um, a real bleak picture in the world right now. But I guess what gives me energy and what excites me and what, um, what, what I see happening is sort of despite all of the poor news headlines um, and the and the predictions of a of a of a sector that is that is inept and in decline um, and unable to respond in places like Ukraine and Yemen and um, you know Ethiopia and the Horn of Africa and 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 um, that what I see as many you know within Start Network at least is that organizations aren't standing still that. This is a sector that is coming together as international, local, and, and national organizations to, to, to use 
practical action to turn around this kind of negative narrative that you that you hear about. And, you know, for us, we run, we try to, to stay away from the big crises that get all of the media attention and get all the money like Ukraine and really focus on, you know, needs as defined by communities at community levels and, and at the small and, and medium-sized crises where, you know, there, there isn't a lot of attention on them, but where cumulatively there is a lot of the world suffering. And so it's about shifting resources to tackle those very, very small, you know, climate related crises that you, that you don't often hear about, but that cause destruction and displacement and loss of livelihoods, um, and, and setbacks and development gains and try to really shore up communities to do things for themselves. You know, what I also find exciting is the work that is going on on the anticipation and disaster risk financing, which is based on the premise that we have the tools, we have the science, we have the know-how, and increasingly we have the money to predict and anticipate and act ahead of crises. Um, and in doing so, not only do we make the, the money in this sector um, work harder and go further to protect people from crises, but we also, you know, we we can act with sort of moral authority in that we're not waiting for suffering to happen. We're not waiting for a, a news organization to decide that a, a crisis is worthy of a of a of a news story um, before we act. And I think if you know if our whole mission as a sector is to promote dignity, save lives, reduce you know suffering, that you know we have the tools now to do a much better job of that. And I and I see that working and moving in a really positive direction. I also see on the localization front, um, you know, you asked at the beginning of this of this session whether, you know, a start network working within the, the, the traditional sector and accepting traditional money really prevents us from being the change agents that we want to be. But what I also see is by demonstrating start network and, and others, by demonstrating that there is a better way of doing things, that there is a more locally positioned and locally led but globally connected way of doing things, even many of the donors now are sitting up and listening and shifting their own policies um, and their own procedures to be able to fund um, smaller organizations at the point of delivery more directly. And, you know, whether it's the Dutch or the U.S. or the, the, the British governments, you know, you're seeing those changes happening within those traditional organizations. So, I think, well, there's a lot to complain about and a lot of um, a world that, that looks like it's on the brink of so many different simultaneous emergencies. I also see a lot of positive practical action happening in our sector uh, in, in, in various ways. So it, it does take time. Um, and it's that sort of mix of idealism and, and pragmatism that is going to get us there. But I don't think all is lost. Christina, thank you so much for coming on Two Minutesarian. I, 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 I will keep an eye out for the fireworks coming from the Start Network in the years to come. And wish you all the best of luck moving forward. Thanks very much. Great to be here. Fireworks indeed. <laughs>